Hello, and welcome to the Old Man Orange Podcast. I'm Spencer Scott Holmes. And I'm Ryan Dunnigan. And we're going to do a little uh, Pizza Boys read-through because uh, Pizza Boys Issue 8 has just come out, and you can get yourself a copy if you want to kind of join along and have the full experience of this episode. Go over to Comic Central right now, right now. Whatever you're doing, stop what you're doing. Go to Comic Central, grab yourself a copy of Pizza Boys Issue 8. It will be well worth it because then... We'll read along with it and kind of have a fun time going through this issue and almost be like a mixture of like not only just reading along in like a storytale kind of style, but we you know we'll add an extra commentary and stuff like that, slash just, you know, any extra fun stuff and like random trivia. Like, why not? So it'll be like a mixed match of all kinds of fun stuff, you know? And um, yeah, I always, it's one of those things like we, we've wanted to do this for like a while. We kind of mentioned it before and we've, we've done it before where just you do it with like friends at a house, like not on a podcast, but there's just something kind of like the idea of being like, yeah, let's, let's take a comic, you know, I guess our comic and then read on through it and play the characters and, you know, kind of narrate and have that kind of fun and not saying that it would be, it'd be awesome to do it with like any comic really at the end of the day. Like there'd be something cool about that. You know, they did that like on Hollywood Babylon and so on. Well, I noticed something right here is, uh. I just I just thought this would be a good idea just because I, I don't know. First off, it's kind of like the story in itself. It's people sitting around a campfire telling stories, and it's even kind of told that way. So I don't think this would really. It's not really meant to discourage anybody from going out and get the comic. Definitely go get the comic. But at the same time, it's one of those things where even though the artwork helps with the joke and the artwork's funny and all that, at the same time, I think it's one of those things, oh, well, it still also just kind of works as itself just as people telling the story to each other. There's going to be a little bit of narration, a little bit of like, okay, right here we see a picture of like a mountain or something. And then like, oh, this guy's saying this, she's saying that. But at the end of the day, though, I still think the dialogue you wrote here for this issue is really good. I mean, plus it's one of those things, just giving you a heads up, folks, it's going to probably get a little like local because pizza boys does take place in tuolumne county and a lot of this is east california represent like yeah it's, a lot of this is like quasi like it, it's loosely based on a true story but you'd be surprised after reading it like thinking back like well i guess that did happen maybe they didn't have they maybe wasn't that a crazy but a lot of this stuff did happen to some extent so it's one of those things where there's probably going to be like, hey, all right, is that supposed to be so-and-so? You know, moments like that going through here. Well, yeah, well, because here's the thing. They're all true stories to some extent, but the way I always kind of say it, it's like you take a true story and you turn it up to 11, and that's sometimes kind of like how you could take a joke that's already kind of funny and just take it to that next level. But, um, but yeah, I had a good time doing this. I know this took freaking forever to come on out because my ideal was like I was going to time – because the whole point of the story is it takes place at, like, the last big snowstorm of the year. So I was like, you know what? May is when the last time it kind of snows, which always some people are like, fucking May is the last time it snows in California? I'm like, well, yeah, we get snow in, in Yosemite all the time sometimes, you know? So uh, I was like, then, but, you know, granted, lo and behold, how schedules and all that kind of stuff goes. Uh, here we are in August, you know, the prime time of snowing. <laughs> and it's one of those things just open up on this first p- uh, panel, just just basically traditional, like, narration like mount provo last storm of the year which you live up in provo and then i'm like i know that road yeah exactly we're, we're, we're right there on the road we're at mount provo and so on it's snowing i make the snowfall seem like a real big one mostly doesn't snow this big too often it's like that's like a special occasion snow day and you see the boys and audrey yeah the, walking through the snow you know and then um so oh i, I guess that's the way we're kind of explain we're like 
Ryan's going to play about three or four of the characters, and then I'm going to play the other three or four characters and whatnot, and we'll kind of go back and forth with the narration and so on. That looks like the ground rules, I guess, getting set out. Okay, so we walk, we open up with them, our heroes walking through the snow, and it's weird. It's one of those things, like, once again, getting local here for a second. I know it's just trees in the middle of the snow, but just knowing what, where they're supposed to be, I'm like, oh, I know that road. I know where that's supposed to be at right there. So it just looks kind of weird. And that's what happens with people who actually live in Tuolumne County and sometimes come across the book. Like, oh, wow, there's the Twain Heart Arch over there or whatever. You know, anyway. So, opening line is my character, Dunny. You know, when a 4x4 truck laced with chains all around gets stuck, that's probably a sign. And he's looking kind of nervous and pensive. I know, then it goes over to Kyle next, and, you know, because Kyle's saying this is going to be a great place, but you, you go ahead. You, you're doing Kyle's voice. Oh, that's right. I am. I totally forgot. <laughs> we agreed on this right off the air five <laughs> minutes ago. But, oh, fuck. I am Kyle. All right. A sign of high adventure. A bonfire to remember. I invited everyone we know, and even people we don't. You know, and Audrey goes, because who doesn't want to leave their cozy warm house for this? Sarcastically and so on. You know, I love how throughout those next few panels, just Kyle preparing this fire, and he cannot look happier. He's just he's, so excited for this bonfire. He's just whistling away. He's digging out a pit so that we can have a place to stand, grabbing firewood, getting the fire started, has the keg set up. Because to Kyle, this is going to be the greatest thing ever. He's looking forward to this more than anybody else, where everyone else kind of has that feeling of standing around like, what are we doing out here? It's freezing cold, and we're standing in the snow. Then you have Cisco. Uh, Dunny standing back while Kyle's preparing the fire. Kyle says, come on now, this would be the greatest party on the mountain. I'm like, yep. Cisco's all like, knee-deep in the snow and everything. Kyle puts his arm around me in a very creepy, hey there, little buddy, kind of matter. He <laughs> <laughs> says, cheer up, gang. Remember the good old times here? Then, I'm like, then I just have this look like, actually, there was nothing great about those parties. Mostly just a couple of redneck boys around the fire with one token female. And then Audrey just gets, shoots us a look over and goes like, doesn't seem like much has changed. She looks kind of like Ramona Flowers right there. All right, well, she's just kind of giving that, like, y- you know if we kind of, like, put our characters classified, hey, you guys just look like a bunch of redneck boys stand out here in the middle of the woods doing nothing. And then I just kind of back it up like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Not, definitely not the same. For one, we prefer hillbillies as our mountain title. And I like how your character's looking at us like, dude, what the fuck? Why are you calling us hillbillies? And Cisco's like, yeah, right. He's like, yeah, we are on a mountain. <laughs> I'm doing like, yeah, you, you drew me doing the rock eye, like, eyebrow thing. I know, you kind of have like, the, you're like, dude, what the fuck are you talking about? You know? Mm-hmm. And then uh, we come up and then Audrey's still just kind of looking at us with that look. And my character goes to sort of defend as always. My character always feels like he's bringing up these like defensive notions that aren't really helping the cause. He's like, second, Audrey, you wouldn't want to be in the same boat as those chicks. You know, and, and I then, say, oh, and I say, always with attitude for no real reason. As <laughs> this was like the trailer park was rough to him, I suppose. Because, you know, how- little history there is like, well, I don't know what it is. Like, whenever you would go to like, there would these be these random parties that would happen, like kind of like up in the mountains, whether it be on Mount Pro, whether it be on Mount Lisbeth and the, you know, other places around here. And the weirdest thing about them is that it mostly would always literally be just about like four dudes or so. And then there'd just be this one chick to just always have this like, <clears throat> what are you doing standing out here attitude? Like, come on, like, come on, Steve, don't go, don't get drunk and drive your motorcycle over the fire pit again. It wasn't funny the first time. And everybody else was like, yeah, come on, you Steve, you get that, you get that going. Do a backflip, woo! You get evil Knievel on that shit. 
I think you explained it right there why <laughs> why they always had like bad attitude because you'd go you just stumble upon one of those fire and there'd be like one or two and, and if there was two girls it'd be just like this is fucking bullshit this is so boring what the fuck he just wants to go out and get drunk with his friend you know so be, there would always be and it wouldn't just be any kind of redneck not like your typical yeah it would be like your kind of limp biscuit fred durst insane clown posse redneck too yeah. like you know with like Blair- extreme sports and so on kind of mixed in but like extreme sports isn't like atvs and motocross it's actually at a snowy it was at one of the snow bonfires there was a dude that was uh totally i want to say his name was like he had like a name like leaf or some shit like that i never saw him again probably dead well you, you, anyway. you know like that kind of like the hippie redneck <laughs> he wasn't hippie she just his name was like leaf like <laughs> What what what's what sounds like something spiritual? I don't know. Leafs they blow in the wind and shit. Like, all right, land on that. <laughs> and then, and, and then it was like a guy. He was like super skinny, kind of bald, and had like a wool like hoodie cap, and was like wearing super baggy ass jeans, no shirt. But then for some reason, wearing those little fingerless orphan gloves, <laughs> and he was walking around with a thing of Jaeger. She's like, "Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna." Beat the fuck out of this tree and throw it in the fire. We need more firewood. He just goes over with a baseball bat, slamming the baseball bat against the fucking tree, trying to break it to throw it into the fucking fire. It didn't pan out. (laughs) No, no, it never does. But uh, you can see why it kind of set these, like, you know... These gave these girls some attitude to have to be with their boyfriends who was hammered as all can be and, and waiting to be the next evil Knievel and punching trees and shit. And then we cut to Kyle. And I like how you made the snow behind Kyle look like stars. It gets sparkly. And he says, What are you all talking about? Don't you remember the magic fade out? Like, Hanging out past midnight, you just see a bunch of people walking down a trail in the search of firewood. You see a couple of rednecks like, yeah, woo! Like, like as, he, as he's like literally ripping a tree out of the ground like Paul Bunyan or some shit. Well, I like because I kind of, I gave it like, well, there, there's actually kind of a couple extra things here. Like one, where it's, I mean, these are all like super insights, but like where it says shake it, what this comes down to is when me and Cisco back in the day were at Las Vegas as kids... We were literally just kind of like, you know, the parents just sent us off just aimlessly to walk around like the strip looking for arcades because, <laughs> you know, but you it's think your playground, have like, fun, figure it here out. Here you guys go. Here's $50. Go hang out for the rest of the day. Oh, okay, cool. Make sure you get something to eat. Don't just blow it all on something stupid. <laughs> you know, and there was one of those like machines, you know, the ones where like it flips the quarters up and then like the quarters kind of push down and it always looks like you're on like the way, like the verge of just getting like the jackpot, but you know that it like nobody wins, nobody wins. The quarters yeah. always just kind of keep going. And then we flipped it up a couple times like this fucking sucks. And Cisco looks, he's like, dude, shake it. I'm like, oh, okay. And I shake it and this alarm goes off. We're like, oh fuck. We just start running. And then you can just see like the security guard's just like fucking kids. Like. <laughs> stupid fucking kids shaking the machines so i just always think about that just like oh shit i didn't realize if you shook these things like a big old alarm would just go loud as can be like they know the secret they can't leave like bars come down yeah tuk, 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 tuk. and that's where i just kind of threw that in there but i also like to have like just like the kind of robert de niro comes out you can walk away with the tickets <laughs> or with a broken arm <laughs> Cisco is getting his hand nailed down to a fucking to a fucking table. Exactly. 
I like too because like the, the kind of like the background and I guess you would say like redneck guys I kind of drew I gave them like the kind of that this also feels like the classic like you would see in like Yosemite area you got the guy who just has like your standard I guess you would say kind of redneck look where he's got the tucked in button shirt and the cowboy boots and the baseball cap you know that probably would say like you know like a mower company or something on it then there's the guy who's just got like the jersey on and the shaved head and kind of just looks loud and angry and just ready to drink 30 beers and then there's sort of the guy in the middle who's mm-hmm. got kind of like that shaggy look where he almost could like fit in both with the redneck guys, but you could also see him playing like acoustic guitar with the hippies. You, you know that kind of fella? You got all three of them there, yeah. Yeah, see, that's what I mean. I felt like the, the, those like right there define kind of like a group of people. Mm-hmm. Then we cut to next one, Kyle on top of a car, sings his cranking tunes while singing along with Warrant and Motley Crue. Then he's doing a keg stand with two of those rednecks from the previous panel. Like, all while doing keg stands, shooting guns. Is it like a Tommy gun or something right there? <laughs> it's like a Ted Nugent gun. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, you have all, like, these girls around him with hearts. And he's like, and of course, all the hotties. Quite a few babes, by my recollection. And we fade back. It's like, how's this big old memories going on? Audrey's almost looking at Kyle like, babes, huh? He's like, guns, gals, beer, America. Don't worry, I've got tons of females to invite. You won't be the only chick. Oh, joy, as Audrey would say. That guns, gals, beer, well, there wasn't the, the gals in there, but I kid you not, there was like the funniest sign. Is that, um, so once again, this gets local, but this is kind of an interesting kind of place. In Sonora, there's this place um, called the Sportsman, where you can literally buy a beer and a gun and bullets all at the same place, and almost none of these things exist in America. Like, not, you know, this is not just a California thing. I mean, like, all across America. That's practically impossible to find a business that has this. But this thing's been so grandfathered in that it's like, I almost want to say like one out of seven. Like, very low number. And I remember there was a sign that was out there around kind of 4th of July area. It just said, guns, beer, America. And I saw, I'm like, dude, I'm fucking taking that. That, that slogan's great. <laughs> and even you can, I went in there a few times just to point out to the people, like, look, I'm pretty sure that's the revolver from fucking Trigun. Just this massive <laughs> arm cannon. Just like, I didn't know. Oh wow, I, I thought I thought guns were only that big in science fiction. Like revolvers are only that big in science fiction. Look at the size of that fucking thing. All right, let's go. We're getting stairs. Uh, he's like, yeah, because maybe it's maybe it's the anime shirt said, I'm wearing. We came in and pointed said, look at the anime gun. <laughs> You boys best skip on out of here now. <laughs> well, I like when we get back to the comic here. The Cisco kind of looks and goes, well, you know, the way I remember it all, let me tell you, fade back. And then we kind of get to this panel where there's just, it shows almost like how it was. Like if Kyle kind of painted it like it was this great experience, dude, the times were fantastic. Everybody was having fun and so on. This next one here just opens up to like, Pretty much what it can sometimes look like on top of a mountain, because this is the sad thing about living out in the woods and Forest Service Road and so on. People just love the dump shit. I don't know why that is, because, you know, the dump doesn't cost anything. I, I don't know where people think this. You know, driving out to the woods probably costs more in gas than actually going to, like, the transfer station and dump things off there. Let alone half this stuff could always be recycled for free, but education, who knows. So what we show here is just, here's this area where it's just couches that are just torn up and stabbed and ripped apart and trees that have been mutilated and thrown down and a bunch of like um 
kind of shooting targets and so on set up, and even like a bear stuffed animal that's pinned to like a tree back there, old washer machines that have been dropped off, and then uh, of course there's a dartboard that I threw up in there, which reminds me and Ryan of another time, and then just a bunch of other trash and so on, and I even threw like the sex doll that I one time found in the middle of the woods. <laughs> Going to like a couple hundred episodes back, yeah. Well, and the weird thing too about when I found that, I remember just like it, it could have been a more of a Silent Hill looking day than when I found that too. Just as foggy as all can be, and then it's like, what's that off there in the shadows? My radio starts buzzing, like, oh fuck! That sex doll starts doing like the Exorcist crab walk towards you, all like <laughs> floppy like, like time to get back in the car. Yeah, I just got my crowbar and start beating it right there. But as Siska's explaining, he's like, dude, you were here's how it went all went down. You were running around like a madman while we were over to the side throwing darts at the broken dartboard. You know? It almost shows that like Kyle's just out there like a crazy person, and we're kinda like not even really with the crowd. We're sort of like the invites that are just on the outside. Like, well, we're we're with Kyle. Oh, we'll go stand over there. Fuck yeah, you That's kinda like what it was with Kyle and Wes, more or less. Yeah. And, and then, um, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, it comes to you next for the next line. Yeah, then, I, then, I, then it shows Kyle pushing this the, this couch into the fire. Like this one good old boy redneck with a tucked in shirt. Like, yeah, you know. And then like two girls like, oh my God, what the fuck. And it's, I, I'm saying the broken dartboard just dumped off in the woods. Like the couch Kyle decided to push into the fire. And then one girl is just like, what's wrong with this lunatic? And then Siska goes to continue his narration. He's like, Kyle was hammered and trying to pick up on all the girls. And then one of the girls is like, oh, he's so wasted. And then you can The girl is like, what a perv. You know, and then Siska goes, and some of the guys too. So we have Kyle just drunkenly coming over to you, being like, hey, cutie. Grab my ass. I was just being friendly, he says. That's, that's very true. Kyle, like, if there's a bunch of people in the room for some reason, I'm the first one he gravitates toward grabbing, grabbing someone's ass. And that, that's just how Kyle is. He's just a friendly fella, you know what I mean? He's he, like, he, where's done it? Where's done again? Where's done again? There he is. You know, he, he always says, you know, when Kyle's a, a friend of yours, he just says, keep it in the family. Yeah, that, <laughs> he'll do that, or he'll, like, you know, he'll sometimes kiss you on the cheek and call you a fag. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's, he's just my be- personal favorite. <laughs> so Siska continues. I was like, next thing you know, Kyle's in thirty beers deep. No one but us is left, and we are we li- wheeling his ass home, where he literally shits all over the house, <laughs> like a, like a brontosaurus was left loose inside. <laughs> and that that is a true story. Literally, one time Kyle was like thirty beers in deep. And I remember I drove him back home, and I like I, at least I didn't get to see this, but apparently Kyle literally shit all over like the sink, all over the 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 tub, and to- and on top of the toilet seat. Like he just kind of didn't figure that part out. He says, "I'm in the area. Something something's gonna hit it right." <laughs> yeah, at least I guess you could say at least he was all in the restroom. <laughs> and then Audrey's almost like in shock, like, "Oh, oh, geez, that's that that's interesting." And that's a very good uh, drawn picture of Kyle you have there. He says, see, I told you they were good times. Like, double thumbs up, smiling. <laughs> like, I just love how, like, like the, the other friends could have kind of explained it like it was kind of a shitty experience. Kyle was like, dude, that was great. What are you talking about? Like, he heard something else entirely. And then while next panel, Kyle is just setting up a, a beer keg, smiling, just looking so happy. 
Well, I probably blocked out some of those uh, some of those shindigs. But speaking of thirty beers deep, brewskis anyone? Cisco's then we like... dr- will drink like Vikings. He puts his arm around Cisco and myself, and we're both like, uh, "Cheers!" I guess we just have that look. <laughs> yeah, just looking down, like, "Oh man, it's freezing cold out here." Like, uh, okay. And then I just kind of have a shot that kind of just has like I almost feel like a transitional shot where it's just a top down view and just kind of says like, "Yeah, hey, it's like a time passing." You know what I mean? Because when you're hanging out around the campfire, there's always that that kind of moment where there's just like a period of passing, not like an awkward silence, but just kind of like take take it in the moment. You know what I mean? We all just got done talking for a minute. Y'all just got like, all right, we got set up. Let's just have a drink for a minute. Be quiet. And just, they're, they're just one of those things. Yeah, I totally get what you mean. And then, and that's a pretty good picture. It takes up most of this uh, panel. It takes up most of this page right here. And just kind of see the different stuff. The snow shovel, the ice chest, the sled, a piece of, uh, a thing of pizza. Mm-hmm. That's the name. And uh, a keg in the snow. Yeah, exactly. So all the things. Then there's a the little ice page. chest and so on. Yeah. So Cisco's like, he's like, dude, remember the backpack runs of the fifth grade? My character says, I didn't move up here yet. And Vince looks over at him. He's like, dude, they were legendary. Kyle, like in a very uh, almost kind of like Super Mario fashion with a beer up in the air. He's like, I gained the high score going the entire distance of the fifth grade class. And Audrey just kind of looks on over. I feel like at this one, she is always kind of like, Given those, like, sort of like, oh, what, what is this stuff going on? But I feel like sometimes whenever we've just explained She's stories the like this. Yeah, I feel like that's kind of how it is. If you weren't there, you kind of have, like, the, the fuck are you guys doing kind of look. Like, that's how I kind of feel. Audrey's, like, the outside person coming into this new world, you know, or new slash old world. And then she looks and goes, so what's a backpack run? And then Vince is like, whoa, well, let me tell you. You know how in elementary school... All the kids would leave their backpacks outside the classroom, and I've got, like, a shot of just, like, the school. And people just used to, remember, leave their backpacks out. Like, they didn't even have, like, the hooks or anything fancy like that. Like, if you were indoors, you had cubbies. But I just remember, like, the backpacks just always being kind of left out the side, you know. It was that weird thing. It's like, you bring in your, like, you know, your, you know, whatever, math book and whatnot, and you leave the rest out there. Which I can't even imagine doing that nowadays. That just seems, like, so dangerous. But it was the 90s. It was a safe time period. And Audrey replies in this thing, too. She's like, well, they did the same thing at my school. So Vince goes, okay, well, here's the thing. The backpack run game was to sprint at full speed across the line of packs outside. And it just shows, like, a couple of just kids out there. And I don't know if you can see this, but, like, um, I kind of, like, on there, there's, like, a couple of kids out there. And, I can't uh, zoom in. Oh, you, do, you have, do you have it on PDF or something? Yeah. Well, okay, if you look at their shirts, you have to kind of zoom in kind of far. I, I gave one kid a Congo t-shirt, and the other kid has a <laughs> Hanson t-shirt. Oh my god. Yeah, that, that says what time it is. A Congo t-shirt. I think the Congo one came because at that time period I did, um, which I don't even know if that ever came out. I can't remember now. Maybe it did. But uh, via VHS, because this would have been a while ago by now, we did Congo on that show. And I was like, fuck, I'm doing a Congo t-shirt. That's that period where it was like, anything Michael Crichton. Like, mm, maybe you should have done more than Smart Monkeys. I don't know, I kind of like that movie when I went to watch it again, because I hadn't seen it for years, and I was like, stupid mosquito, get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. Not saying it's a bad movie, but it's like, you're gonna, we just saw fucking dinosaurs. You're gonna try and impress me now with smart monkeys by saying, from the author of Jurassic Park. Like, well, does the monkey fight a dinosaur or something? Does it ride a dinosaur, like Yoshi or some bullshit? It just, it seems kind of like it's hard to go to that after (laughs) you just got done, like, Dude, we not, didn't just see one smart monkey or two smart monkeys. We saw a whole island of fucking dinosaurs. You're trying to impress me with this shit? 
Yeah, exactly. Well, it's funny because, like, apparently there's a scene that, like, doesn't exist in the movie, but for some reason many of people walk out of the movie theaters, like, clearly remembering this is a monkey with a laser gun in that movie. And it's, like, it's not there, but I just, I love how it just, like, people just, like, think, like, oh, is that the movie with the monkey with the laser gun? Like, that, that actually didn't happen in the movie, but there was a laser gun, yes, and a monkey, and Bruce Campbell had the laser gun. That would have been better if the monkey had a laser gun, but yeah. If Bruce Campbell, movie again. It's if been Bruce a long Campbell time. fought the monkey with the laser gun. Laser fight with the monkey. I'd yeah. be up for that. And it was Bruce Campbell fighting him. Oh, that'd be awesome. I gotta, I gotta check the movie out again. It's been a long time, but yeah. Yeah, like when I went back and watched it, I actually thoroughly enjoyed it. Like, because I always thought of it being like kind of like an okay one. I was like, oh, that's actually not too bad. But um, but yeah, we're, we're getting so off topic. That, that's just the t-shirt I want to put there. But Vince goes to explain the backpack run game, and he's like, okay, so you got to run at full speed across the line of packs outside, continuously stepping on each bag without ever touching the ground. And then you say... Similar to Hot Lava then. And one the one kid he drew looks like he's doing like a flash run. Like at like a quasi-angled view. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just got this like super speed, like eyes closed, like full on, going across the bags. And then I tell you, is of course, like when you say similar to Hot Lava, I'm like, exactly. And then Cisco chimes in being like, you know, many would get about halfway down the line. And then end up totally biffing and it shows this kid just kind of like getting onto a bag that's uneven just kind of slipping and the next thing you know spiraling around while his friends kind of look over in shame kyle's like then kyle says in next panel back to real time since i was a bit huskier as a lad i was able to barrel through the backpacks and reach the furthest goal which was as far as the eye could see and i think it's just that kind of thing where kyle's just giving it like like everything has this like almost like optimistically like awesome view even if it wasn't exactly that it's just kind of like actually it's just the length of the gym (laughs) oh then we're back outside the gym here and so when it just shows literally the length of the gym and all these packs lined up and kyle says but to the kids this was olympic level of backpack running and then audrey just has this look of like whoa 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 hold the phone at one point you're a husky because sometimes it's that thing, whenever there's somebody who's like, you're just never used to being like, oh, this person was actually a fat kid, and like, you're just used to them being kind of like physically fit their whole time, and it's just like, whoa, 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 that's how it is? That that reaction someone gets? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then I look over, and I'm like, dude, one point, he was more than three times my weight. Me and Kyle's got me in like that friend kind of like hug or whatnot, he's like, the classic fat and skinny kid friend combo. The Ava and Costello, the Abba and Costello routine kind of thing? Yeah, exactly. And then... Kyle's talking back again, saying, But back to the story. I was focused. I studied my run and then went for it. Crossing bags like a madman as all my friends watched on. And you get this panel like of just him like starting to run. Like him starting to run, then kind of get a little faster. And he's like, then he has this look on his face like, Alright, I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. He says, like, I almost lost it. Hitting a, a lopsided bag with a Digimon popping out. I recovered but one more death trap loomed. And then I like... I'm I was going to say, before you go... Watching all these kids... I, I, can I actually just guess who all these different kids yeah, are? Yeah, I was going to say, before you go any farther, because this is kind of a... Technically, other than like one of them, they all are like Pizza Boys alumni characters. So I just made young versions. Technically, even if somebody didn't exist like at the school in real life or whatever. Like this kind of a combined like history type thing so yeah go go through that top t- top section tell me line by line if you can guess who all the characters are from previous pizza boys issues well some of them aren't even in P- 
Pizza Boys. Some are just people we know, aren't they? All these ones are on Pizza Boys, excluding the Choo Choo Kid, which I'll tell you the story where that came from. Okay, well, I'm going to get... I'm, maybe I'm wrong, but okay, we'll figure it out. All right, far left, that is the actress trick. I forgot her name. Melanie. Um, yeah, yeah. Then there's... I was going to assume that was uh, Robert with the curly black hair. That one's actually Esteban from uh, He's Them Pizza Boys issue. Oh, right. Five. Right, okay. So, yeah. Next is, next is Casey. Yep. I just know he has a super, like, hmm. Then we got Pat. Uh-huh. Then I'm going to assume that's Josh, but since you, at first I was assuming that was Brett, who's not in, who's not in Pizza Boys, because the backwards hat, but. He I'm actually gonna... is in later in this book. I know this makes no sense to anybody else but can out there listening. But like I, actually, I said, it's going to get local. I, I, I did draw him a character later on, but that that is Josh. I know, because Josh is the only character I kind of thought, like, see, when you make kid versions of all of us, it's pretty easy to kind of guess who's who. But Josh, since he has, like, a beard in his character, I'm always like, oh, I gotta just give him the same hairstyle, even though I gave him a backwards hat and so on. Maybe but. he's just getting, maybe he's just getting like puberty really early. I don't know. Yeah. See, like a stubble coming in. Yeah. Then RJ and RJ, uh, you can always Cisco, tell because I always draw with like a Raiders jersey, pretty much. Yeah. A Raiders jersey without the logo, just so that I never get that like problem that happened one time with that Forty ers movie. Yeah. <laughs> and then, then you get, then you get uh, Cisco, you, and who's the Choo Choo Kid? What's the story of that? Okay. So, the Choo Choo Kid is pretty much comes from, um, remember Caden? He was on the show once, like, 200 episodes ago. I know that's, like, a long stretch. But you remember Caden? Uh, he went out with Angelina a long time ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he was, Bear, on, the, yeah. He was on the one show of Sam. Or something. I know this is, like, such a far stretch, but whatever. He had this story once that he told. He's like, dude, when I was growing up, there was this kid that was, like, obsessed with fucking trains, like, in, like, the sixth or eighth grade or something like that. And he had, like, he would just literally be running around the school with, like, a train hat on and, like, the overalls and, like, that. And he had the train whistling, just running around going, choo-choo, running around to the other side of the school, choo. I thought that was fucking hilarious when he told me that. I'm like, dude, that's amazing. I'm like, someday, I literally wrote that down in a note. Because this was like three plus years ago or something like that. I wrote that down. And I was like, I'm going to save that kid somewhere. Some of the kids that exist. And then right here, I'm like, dude, throwing the fucking choo-choo kid in there. He's just fucking always blowing the whistle. I just, well, it's funny he's there for this, but I'm just like, it was, uh, I, I just imagine how cruel kids were, especially in middle school, to that kid. Yeah, exactly. Well, it sounded like this was earlier than middle school, but, um. Well, still, just but kids you, you, you never know, he could have been one of those weird kids at fucking eighth grade is running around still blowing the horn. Could have been, could have been. Then you see, <laughs> then you get this anime like, shot. That, that's not always what? blowing. Whoa! <laughs> Studio audience laugh track. No, then we then we get like this like one panel where it's this very anime shot of everybody's like, <gasps> like with the, with the like, <laughs> like everybody's face like it's kind of funny all they're different like you know I like the choo choo kid is like the is the one in the more, biggest forefront just blowing the choo choo whistle. Yes, yeah, I like how like Esteban. So everybody kind of has a different look. Esteban seems to be like the the calm collective anime guy, like I don't know, Jin from uh, or Jean from like Samurai Champloo, just analyzing the situation. Yeah, like RJ has like pure fear. Kyle's got or like Cisco has like a like great like, like he has oh. a Goku face. Yeah, exactly. We're like Pat for some reason is just always having a good time, so he's laughing. Casey just has that he doesn't know where he is. Look. Yeah, Josh Kinda is almost like confused. angry at it. Like if he fails, that like he would displease don't him. Fuck this up. Yeah. You know, Melanie's then, got that kind of, she's confused almost at what's going on. 
and then you have the, then you have Kyle saying as he's coming up, he's running down the line. He says, the, "Then the dreaded roller backpack." And these dreaded wheelie roller bags, that was like one of those ones, like, remember when those came out like in the late 90s and people were carried around? It's like, if for someone who doesn't know, I mean, they exist nowadays, I'm not saying they don't, but it's those kind that you pretty much see at like airports where somebody's like got the fucking pull out and they're rolling it back behind them on the wheels. But when that came out in the 90s and everybody else had their fucking backpacks on their shoulders, dude. Yeah, but we will sign a weakness. You can, we cover, we're going to cover that in a second. And we cut back to real time. It's Cisco, my character, and your character. It says, and I say, nobody respected the kid with the rolly backpack in the 90s. And then my character kind of adds to it. He's like, and if you did have one, the only acceptable way to go was lawnmower style. And you see this, like, shitty little kid, like, in a hoodie who looks like probably, like, a punk out of, like, a 90s brawler video game. <laughs> like, pushing, like, a roller backpack, hitting this one kid. And this kid, like, I just has a hand on his heart and his arm in the air, like, why? <laughs> and it's almost that thing, like, I almost feel like I could almost add this in it, but it's like, he's literally using that kid's backpack against him, too. You know that's what's happening. <laughs> it's probably what did happen. He's just like, you know, he's using his own weakness against him. And then we cut to you and Audrey. Yeah, and Audrey just looks and goes like, Hey, I had a wheelie roller bag as a kid. My character is in the defensive position. Like, well, it was okay for a girl. Uh, No judgment there. But 90s boys were primal. Now, here's something I got to ask you. It shows my character saying, like, Apes from 2001, A Space Odyssey. And it just looks like a TV, but it's kind of shaped like the monolith. Yeah. And you see... Is that supposed to be me right there? That's not you, tactically. I kind of like... That's sort of like almost like... There's a character I've kind of used in there. Like, he's the one that's running on the backpacks when they're kind of describing it. He just kind of mm-hmm. has, like... Oh, okay. I feel like he's got, like, sort of the generic, like, no nothing special 90s kid kind of look. That's how I sort of use him. I didn't want to use him as any specific character. I know he kind of has... For a second, I thought it's like, is he, is, he, is he making fun of me the time I got so angry I broke a controller? I mean, well, you, you've broken many of things. <laughs> just like when that bookshelf <laughs> broke on you and you went to town on it with the fucking hammer. Oh, no, so, well, first to give some context, I was working on this bookshelf, one of those, like, make-your-own-bookshelf things I ended up buying. I was working on it for a while, and then, like, the thing kind of partially cracked at some point, after I was already working on it a while. I said, fuck this! What's the point? Got a baseball bat, and it's just already a bad day, just with the fucking talent on the thing, so. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, exactly. Like, speaking of that, then your character says... Uh... Like apes from 2001 Space Odyssey. Primal. Kyle I just, says, Well, I just like showing that, that kid. It's like there's like the monolith. Like it's almost like the TV. It's like the mo- the modern <laughs> version. It's just like he's playing a PlayStation. Like, why? Why, God, why? Have you summoned me here to fail? <laughs> he's even wearing a shirt that says Smash. Yeah. And then I just like how Kyle's, yeah, just goes to the primal rage primal. Just the kid almost has that look like the cover of the game where it's just like fist in the air and a <laughs> lightning bolt down. Then we cut back to Cisco. And Cisco's just trying to explain. It's like, it's because we were raised choosing sides. Nintendo or Sega? WWF or WCW? Cartoon Network or Nickelodeon? Mario or Jerry Springer? Which really was like the 90s. Think about it. Everything in the 90s is always like, you like this or that. You cannot like both. Don't you dare MTV, like MTV, VH1, yeah. Yeah, exactly, you know. I think they're owned by the same. They knew, it. they knew it was up. They're like, yeah. we know how this works. And then my character comes by to explain almost like, and a wheelie roller bag on a male showed weakness. Like you couldn't carry your bag on your back like Thor intended. My character says, 
Oddly, nowadays, you can probably get away with a wheelie bag. And my character's like, hey, you know, pull the old man card. It'll work. Like how Cisco here looks very nervous as he's about to like, well, should I say this? Yeah, and he's like, well, I don't know. Even as an adult, there's, there's still those glaring eyes. You think no one cares, but oh, they do. And there's always that one guy, and it just shows Cisco almost like he's walking through like an airport with the wheelie bag. He's got a drink in hand, you know. He's got a collared shirt on. It's probably not helping the cause, you know what I mean? Well, I like what I like about it is he looks nervous, like he's waiting for something bad to happen. He looks nervous as he's walking around, like I think I'm okay. And you see like this dark silhouette, like looming in the far lower left corner of the panel. I like. How just, I just made this man. It just feels like he's like just this. I don't know, I was picture like it's just an old like airplane mechanic guy who's just you know he's he's like a Bruce Springsteen song character who just doesn't give a fuck anymore and just when he sees this generation he just got this kind of look on him he's just scruffy and rugged and he's like fucking wuss lift that bag like a man you little bitch. <laughs> and then it cuts to then it cuts to Cisco laying in bed at night, like holding a pillow, like, just like right, like it's like like the lights just barely coming through, and he's on top of the sheets and so much. Just like and it's just not worth it. That shame will linger for days. Audrey looking over like at us talking about a fucking bag for like two fucking pages, being like, "It's just a fucking bag. Nobody cares." Kyle's like, "Hey, can I finish my story?" Yeah, like, he's like, "Go back to happy, Kyle." Yeah, Kyle's just like, he's getting angry. Because that's how I feel. Like, Kyle kind of goes in between being, like, the happiest guy ever. Then he goes straight angry and so on. And so now Kyle's trying to be like, hey, here's my story. Let's go for it. Now, here's the thing. Since a wheelie bag is nice, is a nice square rectangle. And I like how everybody kind of has this look like, did he, just, did he literally just say square rectangle? And my character's <laughs> like, oh, it's okay. Just, just, just let him continue. You'd think it would be perfect for, stepping, for a stepping stone, right? But the problem lies within the wheels themselves, and I couldn't see which side they were on. One wrong step could send me could set the best of the BP runners soaring. A little cartoon of this kid just flipping in the air, like whoa, like spinning with his with his shoe flying off, with bags going everywhere. I just made a judgment call to step directly in the center. But the uh, but the bag was empty, and I pierced right through. It was just it was just. Um, <clears throat> It was just over, but I trucked on with the bag on my foot like an oversized shoe to victory. Snowshoe to victory. Snowshoe to victory. With him like giving a peace sign as he runs by. Well, I was thinking like the, like, the, the victory sign from like World War II. That wasn't what I was going with. <laughs> like doing that and then competing the highest BPR score ever. And you see he's like crying. Like, oh my God. He's feeling like the metal birds. Everybody's cheering for him. Like choo-choo kids still in the corner. I'd have blown it. And Cisco kind of goes, it was truly a spectacle to behold. And I just love how you see that pit panel of Kyle running off and just all the bags are smashed and torn and books are kind of <laughs> flapping in the wind and so on. Just don't care whatsoever. And then we go to the next page, cuts back to reality. And oh, it's your character starts off first. You know, every kid's lunch was beaten and battered for your amusement. Casualties of war, Kyle says. And Cisco looks like, eh. And then like, I'm... And I'm not for the, I'm not for the wheelie rollers, but destroying that poor kid's bag. Cisco's just looking up. Cisco's all. I'm sorry, that was Cisco. My bad. Cisco's all hilarious. Nobody liked him anyways. (laughs) Is that me going? "Hmm." (laughs) Like yeah, like huh? My my friends all seem kind of like psychopaths right now. (laughs) And then Audrey's kind of like, what? Like so? Did anyone ever catch you guys? 
Negative. Everyone else was in the assembly. School staff just let you hang outside like that? And then my character comes in and he goes, It was still pre-Columbine. Nobody was worried yet. <laughs> Which I think is one of the best lines. <laughs> And then Cisco goes to chime in. He's like, "Well, there was that one kid that tried down the or tried to burn down the whole school." And my character's like, "And we were gifted with an entire week off for that." You're giving thumbs up with all like these, like shine, like you're giving a shining endorsement to that. <laughs> and then Kyle goes to say, "Whoever that poor bastard was really made the sacrifice for the students' behalf." And he's just smiling, eyes closed, looking like kind of like Guile from Street Fighter. And then I say. Do you know what happened to him? I'm looking confused, and Cisco has his arm around me. Yeah, and Cisco's like explaining it to you, like almost like telling like a child that like their, their, their parents have left. He's like, cops took him away, never to be seen again. Oh, and that, that literally was there, there was literally some kid that fucking like tried to burn down the school, and like it only like kind of messed up like one room, and then sent smoke into others. But that kid, you not, they gave us like a week or so off for it, and it was like. As a kid, you're like, dude, this is the greatest thing ever. I wish somebody tried to burn down the school every other week. <laughs> there was one time, it was, remember it was in elementary school. This is back when I lived in San Jose. Um, fifth grade, actually. Uh, we just got a brand new, shiny, brand new playground. And one day we came to school and the thing was totally burnt down. The playground itself was just totally burnt down. Was it a wooden playground? No, it was, like, metal with, like, rubber, like, around it. So they're still able to salvage some of it, change some things, take some other things off. And then there's all these rumors. There's this one douchebag. And not all not all people named Travis are douchebags. But back in middle school back in middle school and high school, a lot of douchebags were named Travis. And there was this joke because, like, apparently there was, like, that weekend there was, like, some kind of, like, thing going on at the school. And there was a rumor that Travis's dad was smoking a cigarette over by the playground, which there's a bunch of tan bark, and someone said they saw his dad trying to step it, step like he trying to put it out and trying to step it out on the tan bark. Now, who knows if any of that's fucking true? But that's what got around. So for like the rest of this kid's year in school, people were like, dude, your dad burns shit down. He's like, no, he doesn't. You know. So <laughs> there's this joke among us. Whenever like there's a fire, like oh, Travis's dad, <laughs> just Travis's dad showed up. God, speaking of that, I, like, I fucking hated like, that bark. See, Remember when they changed things to bark? That was terrible. I, I miss sand. Yeah, bark sucks. Oh, God. Always getting your shoes and stuff. <laughs> so anyway, then it says Kyle's pointing. And I really like the way he drew Kyle in this a lot. He seems like a lot more kind of animation in some ways. But he's pointing and smiling. He says, yeah, fifth grade was awesome. And then you have like the somber kind of like anime in credits pose of someone <laughs> looking at the moon or whatever. Yeah, or even has like that, yeah, like right when you hear like the anime song come on and so on, there's just like this wind kind of going with snow. And he's and my character kind of goes, there was fun times, but it was also the turning point to the five dark years. And we go to the next page here, and of course Audrey's like, the five dark years? I know I shouldn't, but uh, elaborate. We're out here. Come on, just, we got nothing else to do. And at this point, my character's like, well, it was the time... When Pokemon was not cool anymore after its initial explosion into America. And Cisco goes to explain more of the story. He's like, for the kids who still enjoyed their pocket monster lifestyles, they had to keep it bottled up in a don't ask, don't tell mindset. 
<laughs> and I like how this panel, it's once again all of them just hanging out like in this um, bonfire area. But as they're all having this conversation, Kyle's like, I'm going back to drinking. <laughs> yeah, Kyle's just drinking. And I like how like I've kind of drawn it like I, I don't probably do like almost like Kyle has like cans of beer and he has like the keg of beer. So he goes back and forth between them like because it just feels like something Kyle would do. You just be, you just you bring an entire keg and then you bring a 12 pack on top of it. Why not? <laughs> Well, I also think what what I also think is kind of funny about this is they're all there because of Kyle, but Kyle can be just by himself for all he cares and still have just as much fun because he's he's like chiming into the conversation once in a while, but he'll say, oh, yeah, so this one time this happened. OK, we go back to drinking. Everybody else talks amongst themselves for a while while Kyle just like, yep, just having the best old time. <laughs> yeah totally it's exactly kind of how it's going down and then I, I i love this next panel because this is sort of like well you say your character's line first and that will lead us into it the school system got the ball rolling once they outlawed everything pokemon because of the gamble because the gambling like ways to the card game brought and I just like because I just took it because that's really like what it was like the, that Pokemon card game was what did it when you know people would be like doing the thing where like when you played Pokemon cards you'd be like okay no trade backs when I win I get your card deck you know and so on and then of course you know fucking little Billy would be like yeah that sounds like a good idea and then when he loses and fucking like has to go home and cries to his mom about that or the yard duty about like hey you know Tommy over there took my fucking cards when he won. And stuff like that, I'd be like, Tommy! So I like what I just drew, is I drew, like, the super angry, like, yard duty. Because have you ever noticed that, like, every yard duty was always, like, a middle-aged lady who just looked like she just lived the roughest life? Yeah, a lot of times, like, well, she's... Like, it's one of those things, like, how do you put it? Like, you don't want to be a dick. Because, you know, there's those ones, like, okay, I'm going out there because it's my shift. Then there's ones you saw, they're yard duty and yard duty only. And their whole thing is, like, what's your thing? I intimidate children. <laughs> and that's kind of like, and that that was the thing. There was those that, that were nice, but then there were those like, nah, law needs to be laid down. Someone's got to tell these little fuckers what time it is. Well, I always just felt like the yard dudes always had that feeling like, you know, at nighttime they could be out bare knuckle boxing somewhere. You know what I mean? Because they, they, like, they were always very masculine. There wasn't like, there was never generally a female yard duty unless it was just a teacher that was just doing it like as a fill-in position. Like if your job was purely yard duty, you probably had a very masculine uh, like agenda. They probably really like Patty Smith. Yeah, you know. And so I like to give this yard dude. She's got like the reflector kind of suit on. She's got the fanny pack on because it's the fucking nineties. <laughs> she know. looks happy, and I like it. it. Looks like a speakeasy. You see Cisco, and is that Kyle at the at the table like playing like Pokemon cards? You know, I, I kind of just drew him as random kind of characters, but I guess they sort of could be. You know, I didn't think of it yeah. being like actual characters. If anything, I'd say yeah, that feels more like sort of Cisco and Josh playing. Because it just—it looks funny, just because it's like this 1920s-style speakeasy. You see one kid getting roughed up, being held upside down, all his Pokemon cards falling out. One kid at the door, looking all nervous, holding a super soaker. And you see like these two girls, for some reason, dressed like flappers, like running away, like like the Foz is here, the Foz, look out! You know, and I like I even put other little details in there, like the guy who's like re- like shaking down the guy. He's got like a he's got a. Um, a Pokedex in one hand, and then on the table, like this, the sodas that they're drinking say Surge on there, so you know what, oh, I see. <laughs> you know what it is. But that's how it's kind of felt. Like that's a, it, seemed, it seemed like totally it was like a speakeasy thing. And, you know, kids would just hold down like playing fucking Pokemon cards for like keeps. Then we go down to the next couple panels, and my character has just that sad look. Where it's like, 
Middle school then separates the kids with most throwing their childhood pastimes to the curb. My character just rubbing his head, just trying to take it in, like, like a dead tree after Christmas. <laughs> Which is always like, well, what you know what it is like when you drive through like certain cities and like you just see those Christmas trees just thrown down the street, like "fuck you, we don't need you anymore. You served your fucking purpose." <laughs> December twenty sixth, <laughs> just like thanks for the memories. Now get the fuck out. Well, it's like they're not even like in the trash; they're just like in the gutter. Fucking, they're like it's just like almost like one of those ones like. Just like, yeah, like, you know what? We had laughs. There was special. We danced around you. You know, there was magic and music and so on. The day that fucking Christmas is over, your fucking corpse is going in the gutter. <laughs> and Cisco kind of looks up, kind of like, hey, well, you know, I'm starting to think this might have been the re- might have been, or starting to think this may have been how we created the backpack run. Kyle jumps back in. Couldn't play Pokemon. Had to fill the void. Yeah, sw- swishing a beer and everything like that. And then Audrey just kind of goes and says, like, Hey, why don't you just be yourself and do whatever you want, no matter what anybody tells you? And this actually literally comes from... I did a podcast once on the, the Indie Comics Club with um, this uh, comic creator named Jillian who does... She does, like, cool dinosaur comics. She's, like, super into dinosaurs. She knows more about dinosaurs than anybody else I know. But when I told her about the... For some reason, we got into the five dark years of Pokemon or whatever, and she's from Canada, so I wanted to see what it was like up there. And she's like, oh, we never had that problem up here. I'm like, of course you did. It was in Canada. <laughs> Why would there be a problem Everyone's in nice. Canada? Everyone. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, no, nobody was fucking tr- playing Pokemon cards for keeps and just hustling people, to, you know, down and whatnot. You know what I mean? But uh, so, like, that's where I that's where I use that because she looked at me like that, like, dude, why don't you just do what you want, be yourself? I was like, can't do that in America. In America, just do whatever you want. And, you know, because that was the thing too. Is once like, I know we talked about this before on the podcast, but once that was like, Pokemon was pretty much outlawed. It was like almost like. No, Pokemon was so uncool, like, in 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th grade, you know what I mean? It's like, you, would, you wouldn't want to be even, like, near, like, a pack of Pokemon cards. I mean, granted, you would still fucking buy them, you just wouldn't tell anybody except for your only other friends that you could trust that like Pokemon. Yeah, there was that period, like, can't let anyone know, can't let anybody know. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like, it was literally like, you kept that Pokemon in the closet, you know what I mean? That's where it fucking belonged. You, you'd almost kind of, like... You have some friends come over that weren't into Pokemon, like, oh, let's go to your room. One second, guys. Just go start pulling down, like, Pikachu posters and stuffed animals, throwing them in the claws. Like, get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out. Don't you dare fucking poke your head out. Don't you dare. Pika, Pika. Shut the fuck up, Pikachu. You get back in the fucking closet. (laughs) (laughs) And then my character goes on to explain his defense towards Audrey. He's like, well, that's easy to say now. But as youth, there's too much tribalism to risk being ostracized as that kid. And we all know that kid. And I'm like, at home you could be yourself with friends, just not in the public back then. And Cisco comes in being like, but here's the thing, let me tell you, it all comes around. But as those five dark years were coming to a close, something magical happened. And then Cisco goes to the narrate, and we kind of have a picture here where, like, it's almost just a school hanging out here. And he goes, a lone warrior entered school on a day like any other. But something was different. He held in his grip a Game Boy SP. With not just any game inside, but a Pokemon game. No judgment was said, or nothing was said, no judgment, no harassment, no hate. Now, going back to this panel before we go on any farther here, here's like one of those weird, like, insights. Now, can you kind of guess what? We got some of these characters here that I sort of draw on, and some of them, they're actually all real people, but, um. But yeah, some of them are only Pizza Boys characters, and some of them are other stuff. Just have nothing to do. Just. 
I I mean I can I can tell that's like supposed to be some of the popular kids over there off in the distance because he's separate from all the uh, from this nerdy kid playing Game Boy. Well, I use those those characters are all real people in the background. Hmm. All... I, I I can't zoom in on them, so unfortunately, you can't go I into can't... it. You can't just go up and make the make the percentage go farther. You can zoom in. Let's see here. Percentage go farther. Oh wait, here we go. Uh oh shit no never mind no I haven't figured it out fuck it Ugh, I'm just an old man old man it's called old man orange for a reason yeah. but uh, oh wait fit to page let me try this out nope not the thing this is supposed to be fun oh here we are okay let me zoom in it's okay okay <laughs> let's see Ryan's somebody learning how to use Adobe that... Acrobat yay no um there's somebody there with an emo shirt crossed out wearing a black shirt I don't know who the girl in the buttoned up shirt is. Is that supposed to be Kyle on the far end on the left? No, I, I you know what? I made that pad actually, even though he doesn't have glasses on. I guess I should have gave him glasses, but I didn't. I, I kind of thought Brett Vincula on the far right. I made that. That's the Brett Vincula character that you asked about early. Is the girl Dorothy then? No, that went. That would be technically that'd be Brianna. If oh, that man, that was kind of who I saw. Like, because I was just kind of in my back. I'm like, that's what I kind of draw. And then that's Casey with the the emo shirt on. Oh, okay, all right, right on, right on. But I just so thought I kind of wanted to go with that. And then I actually made, tactically, I know the, like none of these things relate to anybody, but there's somebody out there who would be like that. It's the guy playing the Game Boy SP. I just threw him in as a character. I made that Ryan Anderson. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So I, I wanted to kind of give him there. And then, you know, some characters are, and sometimes I just kind of draw stuff just as is. Like, yeah, let's just draw that. But Cisco continues the narration. I think it's Cisco, the one doing the narration. He's like, by the next day, more came to school with Game Boys and Pokemon in tow. And it just kind of shows just a collage or a montage of different people playing Game Boys, different types from the original Game Boy to colors to Game Boy Pockets, advances and SPs and so on. Link cables. Yeah, link trading cables and all that good stuff. And then Cisco goes to continue on the narration being like, the people's love of Pokemon would no longer be taken away. Loud and proud, the teens rejoice with trading cables in hand and smiles on their faces. It's almost just like, kind of like a like a power movement. Everybody's in, holding up in the air and just their different Game Boys and trading cables and so on. You know, I mean, like a protest march. And then I just love how Kyle just comes in to chime in his two cents. Says, <laughs> "I'm chucking milk cartons like German grenades at those nerds by the library." Which I wrote that too. <laughs> I just like just shows Kyle and just like kind of like two jock guys just fucking like chucking milk all the way across and just hitting those kind of guys. And if you could see, there's like I put in the Harry Potter fucking kid from the first episodes in there. The Harry Potter kid, yeah. And then that's won't say his name because he's a good guy, but he this did happen to him. So there's that. <laughs> yeah, very nice fella. But yeah, I just say this is this is all kind of real life stuff. And then I love how Cisco goes like, dude, Kyle. You had your play at Loud Game Boy with Pokemon Blue. You were there. And Kyle just goes, Well, yeah, but I had to keep up with the different relations in high school society. <laughs> he seems standing by these two, like, super jocks. And. Because I like Because we even drew him, like, because Kyle's in, like, a Leatherman and everything like that. Because, you know, just. But that's just kind of how it was. So that's in high school. People could, like, kind of transverse, like, different places and so on. I know what those two, those two guys are right there, definitely. And then cuts back to you, back to real time. And then I'm just kind of going like, and after the five dark years ended, it's been okay to express your Pokemon fandom. And then I'm sitting there with my arms crossed, leaning in. Funny how those middle school differences just fade away when no one gives a shit about them in the long run. And then Audrey kind of looks down almost somber-like, and she's like, well, the kids in 
Well, the kids in my city at that time just became into hip-hop, drugs, and partying. Mostly in that order. <laughs> and Cisco, he's like, huh, what a shame. And Kyle, being all drunk up, kind of looks over and angry. You know what's a shame? This party! No one else showed up! And as Audrey kind of looks up into the snow and so on, kind of catching a few flakes in her hand, goes, It is a California blizzard out here. Which I think is always just kind of, I have to say, I think it's always a funny statement because most people just don't even think of like California snowing for one. Two, just to give California the word blizzard after it because it does happen. It does. Yeah. Well, people, they just assume California is one big fucking beach. Los Angeles, San Francisco. And then San Jose, maybe San Diego, and like you said, one big beach after that. So, and most people don't even know what the fuck Yosemite is, even though that's the original national park. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of people didn't know there's mountains up in, in California. So yeah, and then it shows my character says, and weather does become a big different, uh, <clears throat> a big deterrent to many. Yeah, <laughs> like give your character. Yeah. What? Uh, I just like how Kyle's just like almost like crying and just like yeah, just to start to feel, just starting to feel like my 16th birthday all over again. Had a whole keg, a bucket of chicken, and still no one showed. And Cisco comes in to comfort him. He's like, Kyle, dude, we showed up, and then you had a personal keg to drink it up for three weeks whenever you pleased. That was bitching! Like, that was enough. Like, he almost kind of forgot. Like, oh, yeah, that's what happened. He came right <laughs> out of it, and so on. And then your character's looking off in the distance, like something, you know, spooked him or something. Hey, what's that off in the distance? And then we cut, and it's almost like, it looks different. Like, it's like, what's that off in the distance? Looks different. <laughs> I just think it's Star Fox. <laughs> <laughs> it's RJ. <laughs> and then RJ comes, like, trotting through the snow and his Raiders jacket and so on like that. And it makes Kyle just as excited as all can be. RJ, little buddy! Arms out, grabs him, like, and he's like, uh, yeah, yeah. Do, who is RJ? Do I have RJ? I'm, do, I'm doing RJ. He's like, hey, cut! Oh! It's like a big old bear hug. Glad you could join our merry crew! Hugs him. And then RJ kind of goes, well, I just had to wait for the wife to fall asleep and then sneak out the bathroom window. I don't know, man. That sounds like an awful lot of work. Kyle responds. <laughs> And RJ's like, well, yes, that and walking a mile uphill in the snow, but that's beyond the point. What are you guys all up to? And then my character's looking like, dude, we were just telling RJ about the five dark years. And RJ chimes back in going, when people said Pokemon was kitty, how it wasn't cool to like zombies and Xbox elitist went against anything Nintendo did. Odd years to grow up, but I wouldn't have it any other way. Cisco goes, damn Skippy. Then we cut to you, pointing, looking all happy. Yeah, just being like, hey, dude, remember when we charged a toll to the people passing our area to get to the computer lab? And Cisco looks up kind of sw- with a drink and everything. He's like, dude, that was great. A quarter a pop and free drinks at the vending machine. Audrey just looks at everybody like, dude, what the fuck is wrong with you guys? That sounds terrible. Well, did they have the option to go around, I ask? Like, look, not looking all sure about it. Yeah. And then RJ's kind of coming over and telling them, be like, but then they'd have to walk through the mud. And for most rich kids and new sneakers, a quarter wasn't hurting them. My character points up just being like, you know, confirming that like, hey, this is all a fine business proposition. And he says, money-making hustles were just a part of life in school. Now, can I ask you, that panel you drew of yourself, with your hands up like that, is that meant to be a very like kind of anime, kind of like Brock? Like, as a matter of fact, like popping in the corner of the screen is Ash says something stupid? I guess it could be something like that. 
I mean, I, I definitely thought it'd be kind of like that anime, like confirming it because got the lightning bolt and everything like that. I didn't think about being like Brock, but I guess I could definitely be. Uh, not because the eyes, but I was just think I was just saying Brock just randomly because you know somebody or just somebody confirming something just popping up in the corner of the screen or whatever, just with the po- I don't know. That just looks like one of those poses you'd see like in Pokemon or maybe a little a little bit of Full Metal Alchemist. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely. I mean, I definitely was going for that similar kind of anime vibe. So yeah. Okay. And then Kyle centered in with a with a with a beer beer in his hand, like when we charge a mission for the midget tossing contest. <laughs> I like how Audrey's just going like, "Dude, this is not helping your guys' cause," and Cisco's like trying to defend it. Well, you know, here's how it is. It wasn't technically a midget tossing contest, or little people as they are called now. It was just hurling the smallest kids in school and seeing who traveled the farthest. And I love how Kyle goes. Yeah, midget cussing contest, <laughs> and I like how you show like that in, the, in this area. You see, you see my character looking all nervous. You have Cisco looking very stern, like in a. Is he? He looks like he's like powering like a Hadoken in Street Fighter Two V. How it takes him a while to charge up, bringing their hands in a circle for a while. When it has like Cisco, like caught. <laughs> well, go ahead. Oh, I say like like that. Like oh, I was thinking you said Two V. When you're yeah. doing like the twisting one, yeah, kind of like that. And then Kyle has his hand out, like, yeah, right on! And then you see somebody in the background, just, like, anime, like, fist in the air, like, right on, man! And then you're just char- your character's in the corner, just counting money. Yeah, exactly. That's why I had this, like, almost that, like, that character that you see being thrown, like, I feel like that's sort of, like, throughout this, like, you know, you see that character, he's the one that biffs it on, like, the backpacks, he's the one that gets angry during, like, the... the the 2001 Space Odyssey scene in the Primal Rage one, like, that's sort of, like, the guy I kind of use... As like by like I don't know he's like the character sort of just I guess you say he's almost so a if you bully. have a hypothetical huh if you have a hypothetical character he's the one that pops in yeah he's like he's like I guess you'd say like our wine and Willie or something like that maybe <laughs> they go back to many episodes but um I like how oh, she just has this look on her face like dude what the fuck is wrong with you guys and my character's like whoa 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 let me tell you here it was a respectable business proposition let me tell you that there Audrey. And I'm looking all nervous and like very like kind of anime, like nervous, kind of like like bashful thing, kind of like a little bit of blush, like oh, so sorry, kind of like that. <laughs> well, like, like the kind where like you step in a room and there's like all the girls like on their bras and stuff. He's like oh, like that kind Close of anime. Scene. Like, oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, like like so sorry before he gets punched in the face or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then slips and like fl- get thrown out the window, like you know, same position, just spinning around. Yeah, no, um, says that led to the next venture, drunken boxing. And Audrey just goes, please don't tell me you conned some poor, lonely kids into getting drunk and fighting for your entertainment value. Kyle's like, actually, I was when I was drunk. <laughs> yeah, I like how Kyle's just like, yeah, I'm the only one drunk. He's just got the little beer and so on. Well, that's because Kyle who was. He was like the kind of person who would go bury a bottle of vodka out like in the schoolyard and go find it later on. Like a fucking pirate or something. Like a fucking squirrel. Like a drunk squirrel. (laughs) This is like before fucking like Johnny Depp was like trying to find his bottle of rum in the fucking like island. Kyle was out already doing that. (laughs) Then, then, um, Cisco. uh, I was going to say, Cisco goes back in the narrating and we kind of have like almost like a scene of like two kids fighting each other out there. Um, and Cisco goes, so you see, we'd take two fighters and spend the living daylights out of them until they could barely stand. Then they'd go at it with off-brand sock and bottoms, and the winner would earn a percentage of the emission fees. 
I remember those things. Sock and boppers. Sock and boppers. Sock all day. Bop all day. They don't show the fad. Because it just shows these kids like, it's kids, so kids can box and still have fun and be safe. They don't show the time where one kid gets punched so hard, the side of his head like hits like, his dimple hits like the corner of a fucking like coffee table. <laughs> like screaming, is like blood gushing out. Well, because they, they literally were just boxing gloves of air instead of padding. That's all they were. It just sounds like also a reason, like, a dad sees that, like, now I can beat my boy, and it's just playtime. <laughs> okay, Billy, I just had a, just finished a bottle of Jack. Where's your sock and boppums at? We're going to crank the Bruce Springsteen, and I'm just going to wish I was somewhere else right now. Wish I was somebody else right now. <laughs> and as these <laughs> these kids are boxing out there, and so on, uh, Audrey just looks and goes, just sounds like you guys are a bunch of bullies. And then Cisco's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait. What? No, bowling faded out of the 1950s era. <laughs> and I like the way, because it's, it's like this montage of these two kids fighting. And even though they're sock and boppers, and it's not emotion. I'm getting some real Guy Ritchie, um, the fight scene and Snatch vibes from this. Yeah, just like, it's like, Wah! just throwing punches and so on. And they're all kind of like delusional and out there and so on. It just get punched in the face and so on. And bam, 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 bam. And then my character's almost like trying to like defend. Like it's funny. There's like this fight going on, but like my characters are really just trying to defend like the business thing that they decide. And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa! Everything involved understood their role when signing the contracts. And Audrey just goes, having contracts just seals in the deal of bu- bullying and peer pressure. Then I say kind of like sort of backing up well if there ever was a bully at our school only one name comes to mind and you get the super close up like <laughs> that name yeah I'm like <laughs> rj just like angry anthony and then cisco comes in and goes like i ain't the name and kyle's like who and then i say you played football with him he's like doesn't ring a bell and then my character kind of looks down like shocking memories of the past he's like Angry Anthony was the closest thing our Wait, school had to a bully. The way you drew this fuck. <laughs> and then my narration is because whether he was destroying your science experiments and it just shows him just like mixing your materials together like doesn't give a fuck what you had going on. <laughs> or forcing his way onto the bus bench only to snort pixie sticks off the back of the seat and yell out the window from the inside row. He's just over there fucking full-on snorting, getting fucking cracked out of his mind. Chasing RJ with a cradle of Phil shirt. Yeah, and then you know, your character's just like, yeah, he really, he just... Really, he mostly just chased RJ. And then I even have, like, he's like, instead of, like, swearing, he's probably, you know, yelling out some racial slurs, because that's the kind of bully he was. And then I like yeah. how, like, I, I did the tank girl thing of RJ, where, like, every single time you see him, he has, like, a different t-shirt on. Well, it's one of those things I feel like I did notice that it goes cradle filth to rob zombie to slipknot. Um, the thing about about this dude Anthony was he was just one of those. He was just a, he was just chemically off. Like he was a junk, but he would also really like one of those old nineteen fifties boys. Like he's one of the guys who is in the bus chasing down Forrest Gump in a pickup truck. You know, he's, like, one of those guys. He is 100% that. Like, he was, like, he is literally, like, a man out of time. You know what I mean? Letterman's jacket and all. Yeah, just, like, 
exactly just a crazy person. And, like, the thing, he's like one of those kind of people, you're almost better off being on his good side than not, because you just don't know when it's going to flip. He never fucked with me so much, but I saw him fucking with other kids, and he was just, like, chemically off. Like, somebody, like he, he literally attacked another school. You could do a whole issue on this guy. Like, he literally attacked, like, another school's, like, um another school's bus who was coming to a, to a football to a football game and he used a potato gun that he brought with him to school that day. Oh, I remember. Anybody that. else would get expelled, but, but for some reason this kid never got expelled because his his uh uncle or whatever was like one of the vice principals or some shit like that. So, it would be one of those things somebody would get into a fight, they'd go home for like a whole week or whatever. This guy would get into a fight like weekly and like dude just get back to fucking class. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They they just thought like, you know what? Some school's better than no school for this guy. I guess. I don't I don't and just, I, and I like how you made him look kinda like a cracked out Frankenstein kinda. Yeah, I, I gave him like the square head and so on. He almost got kinda like the rape eyes as he's like chasing after RJ. He did have rape eyes. Like it's like it's well because that's weird. He used to always fucking chase after RJ and so on like that. So it makes you kinda wonder what he really wanted to do with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then as RJ's narration continues, and they're right, he's running away from Anthony, he's like, and at least I was always faster than him. Well, till that one fateful day, when I slid foot to shoulder through hot August dog shit. <laughs> like when he's pump jumping up, and he said, he said that was punishment enough. And the position you have him in, he's like in this Mario, like, whoa, position, just jumping away. <laughs> <laughs> that, that that literally did happen to RJ one time. He literally was for some reason RJ. This he wasn't being chased by technically Anthony at this point, but he literally was running away from somebody. Came around a corner and slid all the way through fucking dog shit and had to get sent home. <laughs> <laughs> and then as it cuts back to like the regular world, so this goes like oddly out of character for him. I always thought. Nice say, but he never let that moment go. And then Audrey's kind of in a concerning thing, like, poor RJ, as Kyle's just like, oh, yeah, I finally oh. figured out who this guy was. He's like, oh, yeah, that douche. Though sometimes he'd make me laugh, you know. You know, like, that's and the And then, like, I love this picture you have of Kyle, because he just looks so, like, it looks like something out of fucking Norman Rockwell painting. <laughs> He's just like, hey, guys! He's just like, as if it was like a s'more, just roasting a slice of pizza over the fire, and just has his hand, his arms wrapped around his uh, knees, crouching down, looking over his shoulder, like, hey, guys, how you doing? Well, that, that's the thing about Pizza Boys. There's always going to be some form of pizza, or at least mention pizza in every single issue. I tied myself to this. <laughs> Pizza, anyone? The beer and stories kind of made me hungry. I just like how innocent he looks in this. Because like, it kind of goes back and forth with Kyle throughout this whole thing. I mean, he's more of just kind of like, it's all happening because of him, but it's more of like everybody else just talking and going off whatever. And once in a while, Kyle chimes in, you know? Yeah, exactly. And then Mike is like, dude, good thinking. Audrey looks up like, yeah, I could go for a slice. And even Audrey is kind of like, sure, why not? They get out of one of these like kind of quiet moments where they're all eating pizza together as a group. Yeah, just hanging out by the fire, roasting pizza and so on. Like, dude, what what can be better than that? You're outside, you're around the campfire with your buds, fucking having some pizza, and then uh, and then you could hear a voice from the outside kind of chimes into them. An outdoor pizza party, all right. And then Kyle says, another recruit, Josh, have a slice. Like, don't mind if I do. So our friend Josh comes in. Yeah, so Josh from, you know, from a handful of, he's been in a handful of Pizza Boys issues or so on. He comes in to and join the crew. episodes on the podcast, too. Yeah, exactly. So they, they, so it makes sense, you know. And then, um, and then Josh is looking up. 
This looks seems like a lot of snow for a late night in the season. Kyle says, many moons have passed since it's been this heavy. Like, like every so often Kyle gets kind of like, you know, like the old wise man with the squirrel on top of a hill. He says like, yeah, the, and like Josh says, yeah, the last time it snowed like this, we were sledding out in uh, the canoe. And then my character's like, dude, the canoe, that was the ultimate way to take the hills. And, and like your Super Smash uh, Brothers like fighting pose. <laughs> yeah, of. it literally is like, you know, like Vince, Vince, you know, new challenger has appeared. <laughs> You're like, oh shit, I don't have that character yet. I better, I better get it. Hope I don't fucking lose. <laughs> and then is like Audrey's looking up, just kind of confused, like, like a lake canoe. Like, is that what he just said? And then I just go for like this next panel's like a Boy Scout. And what I want to have like literally like a 1950s Boy Scout like ad because my character's like, yeah, exactly, a classic American styled green canoe, the one you'd see in a 1950s Boy Scout ad section or some shit. <laughs> yeah, I like how you're even because you're saying like good old fashioned America or some shit, and then there's like, and then like in the ad, it's just pointing to the canoe green. <laughs> just to specify because it's black and white. I thought <laughs> get that point across. Though apparently, I, I found the from an anime or from a manga book. I found like what is like the considered the perfect tone that represents green. Oh, well, good so, to know. So, yeah. it, obviously, it should look green to the eye, I guess, by that standard. But, yeah, I just give it, there's, like, these two kids, like, fucking in their Boy Scout uniforms, like, coming down, like, some, like, Rocky Mountain, like, creek and so on, and the water splashing up. I should have drawn, like, a fish jumping in there, so that would have been kind of cool. Those are those ideas you think of, like, way past the point. Oh, it still came out as a good picture. But, yeah, just kind of a neat one there. And then RJ's looking down, like, remembering this good time. He's, like, and he's using, like, total, like, fucking, like, eastern, like, Central Valley, California slang. He's like, dude, we'd get going hella fast. So fast, I was always afraid we'd end up flying off the cliff. I'd say, how'd this canoe idea all come about? I was never there before this venture. And so the main reason I just kind of didn't have your character in there, I want somebody to be able to ask questions, slash, Mm -hmm. sometimes you can only have to draw so many people on the page at one time. Yeah, and it's not one of those things like, why do you leave me out of this? Because I wasn't there for this in real life. Plus, also, it gives a moment for Josh to jump in and have a, have a scene. Yeah, that's how I kind of felt. It's like, I'm just going to kind of switch around that and so on. My character goes, well, glad you asked. Well, it all started. Let's fade. Let's fade. Let's fade. I'm glad you got the Mario. That's how, I meant, that's how I meant for it to feel. Yeah. And then we see a shot of, like, Twain Hart for anybody who has ever been there on a nice snowy day. Whenever there was a glorious snowfall, the high chance of receiving every mountain kid's favorite holiday, a snow day. And then Josh goes to say, Oh, that's Josh. The high chance of receiving every kid's mountain... Oh, my bad. A snow day, my bad. I forgot to scroll down. Okay. My bad. On those events, we'd all hoof it it over to Vince's house and sled it up the mount... Ah, can't talk today. To Vince's house and sled it up on this very mountain. It just shows kind of just a handful of kids carrying different types of sledges going up the mountain. It's almost kind of feel like it's similar to like watching like the kids all go up to the or watching I guess the teenager scene from previous where they're all going up to the party spot. But so it's just like just different generational like ages going there to party, now going there to sled mm-hmm. backward. And then it's RJ's going first. We use saucers and plastic sleds, and just kind of shows all of us kind of going down a mountain. And Kyle pulls Kyle up. looking all excited. He pulls up the old Along 19... with Old Faithful here. Yeah, an old-fashioned sled, almost like a rosebud sled. Rosebud, I was about to say. <laughs> yeah, this kid. Is that meant to be Cisco? Like, oh, God! Yeah, like, that, that, like a... that, that's the Cisco one. And Cisco's all like, and one day it was so icy out, 
that we cracked, chipped, and split our sleds in the first few runs. And this literally happened one time. We literally had, like, brand new sleds, and we went down this hill that was so fucking hard and icy that just, like, crack, boom, boom, bam. Oh, I think I'm fucking done for the day. My back fucking hurts, and I'm only nine. (laughs) (laughs) I think Kyle's, like, looking like he's hitting on Audrey. I swear it wasn't because I was still a fat kid then. She's like, I I wasn't even going to say it. And then, as my character's kind of looking down, he's like, it happened to all of us, no matter the weight limit. But as we sauntered back to the house with multicolored pieces of plastic in hand, saddened with nothing else to do for the day as the power was out, that's Josh. And then RJ goes, and there it was! You know. Stars in his eyes. Stars in his eyes, as happy as all can be. You know, because I guess these are the boys we sort of have. We got Vince, Kyle, Josh, Cisco, and RJ kind of going out. Or going sledding <laughs> here. And then, boom, a shot of the canoe. It's there underneath a tarp on cinder blocks and so on outside. And Vince goes, I'm not sure why it never jumped out of this before. And Cisco goes, it just took breaking the plastic sleds to notice. Then uh, that's where Josh says, exactly what we needed. So we took off the straps, cleaned out the spider webs, and ski and uh, ski waxed the exterior. And just shows all the boys using, kind of cleaning and polishing power tools. Use, using the oars for steer, it looks like Kyle's about to whack Cisco in the face. <laughs> in a few test runs on the back driveway, but the ride was over too quick. Fine for regular sleds, but not for this beast. And Kyle says... So we decided to climb the tippy top of Mount Provo and ride the whole way down. And Audrey's just, you know, hands on the hips, almost going, I don't see this story ending well at all. And then I like how you have this image of Mount Provo. It's just, you are here <laughs> in just like this very massive mountain. <laughs> I just want to give it like that, like almost like a mall sign where it's like you're trying to find out where you are and so on. But here's a mountain instead. And then it's almost like a toboggan race. Pushing the sled down, everybody's like, one, two, three, go! And it's, it's like, go, go, go! You see like Josh jumps in first and then RJ's in. And then my character's just about to get in as Kyle's going. But Cisco's just at the very end like, he's not going to make it. Just like, whoop, 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 slipping away and fucking falling. This would have seemed like a good moment to have a cool runnings joke. I know, I almost would have been good. I should have just watched the movie beforehand, and then I would have had something nice to be prepared. But no, no, I, I didn't have one. But, um, oh, good. I'm not trying to shame you like Captain Hines. You should have but... the fucking cool runnings joke, fucking stupid. Oh, fuck, why did I do that? <laughs> and then as Cisco's like falling down, he's like in the snow looking up, and he's like, as I looked out of the snow, they were gone. And Kyle's just almost like looking over his shoulder, drifting away. And he says... Once I noticed Cisco had fallen, it was too late. And that's the next panel. Like, Cisco and Vince, I mean, I mean, Kyle and Vince are high-fiving. It says, we are going too fast, too furious. High-five. <laughs> and RJ, in the most, like, come on, guys, kind of, like, pose. Yeah, just, like, that's a little like the Pokemon one where it's, like, you know, like, like, Kung Fu RJ wants a challenge. It's like, dude, 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 dude. And he's like, dude, we were going, we were like Chevy Chase at Christmas vacation speed, you know. <laughs> That's just such a random cut right there. <laughs> and then Josh cuts in. We're coming back to real time, so they're losing people one by one in this whole in this whole bobsled situation. And that's where uh, Josh says, we made a pact that no one would bail no matter what, ride or die. And RJ is looking kind of scared, so he's like, but I panicked while looking over the edge. 
saw my life flash before my eyes, and I bailed Chip. As Kyle's just reaching out for him. Like, don't do it! And I kind of like as they're doing, as they're, like, saying these stories. Like, saying, he's like, they're these stories of yesterday. I looked up, and all I saw was the snow. You know, once, yeah. it, once, it, once I noticed this got fallen, it was too late. Like, everything is so, like, dramatic and so serious to them. <laughs> exactly. And I even like this one, too, where RJ's, like, bailing ship. He's, like, jumping out over the edge, hands up and everything like that, you know, escaping. You can almost see, like, Kyle's, like, sad, like, no, you shouldn't be leaving. And my character's almost like, oh, my gosh, that guy just jumped ship. And Josh is almost just pissed because he's like, dude, we had a fucking pact. What are you doing? <laughs> mm-hmm. Even like the look he gave RJ right here as he's getting dragged through the snow. Exactly. It's as well as one that then RJ's like, he's like, my foot got stuck and I couldn't escape. And RJ's face is just getting dragged in the snow and just being pulled along. I like how in this little tiny picture of Josh, his fist is like raging like you deserve that motherfucker. It was karma for going against the no bail pact. <laughs> I know. It's just like as, as RJ's being dragged, it's like Josh is almost just continuing the mission. Kyle's looking down kind of concerned. I'm looking over like, oh my gosh, maybe I should do something about this. So then my That's the goes, one time you look, Kyle actually looks concerned about something. Yeah. He, other than the beer running out. It's like, it's like that's the thing. Kyle's concerned about his other friends. That, that's always where it comes around. And then, uh, my character goes, or Vince says, I loosen RJ's boot to ditch the load. And just, phew, toss the boot off. RJ rolls backwards over, and we continue on down the hill. And then, as, there, as it shows, like, as, like, Josh is the one steering by this point, and Vince th- is behind him, Kyle is behind Vince. And then, then uh, Josh says, flying d- downhill, a clo- closer to civilization now. And you see him pass by like a truck, like a truck of the snow. And this guy says, Provo Utility, just this good old boy, like, the fuck? <laughs> well, that one time, like, like, back in the day, like, me and Kyle decided we were going to ski down Mount Provo at some point. And it was just like, fuck it, the next time it snows, we're going to do it. We're just going to hike to the top and ski down. And so we literally met halfway up. And then we hiked all the way up to the mountain. So when I had skis and Kyle had a snowboard and we just rode all the way down. And that's one thing you like realize, you know, you go to like a ski resort and you don't realize how much room you have to fucking maneuver when you're on just a regular forest service road. That's only made barely for two cars. Shit. You're just going down. You're like, Oh my God. There's like left, right, left, right, left, right, left, right. And we literally were flying down the mountain. We just went right back to Kyle's house or whatever. And as we were going down, I kitchen out, there was literally a utilities truck go by and he just sees two fucking kids go by and they're well probably not even fucking kids i think we're older by this point and it just zoomed past him just being like the fuck i didn't that was the last thing i was expecting to see is people skiing down this fucking hill so i thought i'd throw that in there for that moment with a ramp into the neighborhood as you see him coming up on what looks like a fucking little, like ski luge kind of thing from a per- first person perspective i know josh, josh looking is all in the super panic nervous. mode like oh god hit Hitting the time to make the Duke boys proud. And you see them in the midair. Like, Josh actually looks nervous. Vince is like, oh, we'll see how this pans out. Kyle's loving it. <laughs> Fucking hands in the air, like, smiling and so on. And then it's Do like... barrel! <laughs> yes, I drew it like Star Fox, where it's got, like, the little triangles and everything going around. And they're spinning around with a twist and so on, coming up on, like, a big old, like, log pile and so on. And then Josh says... Then, a, then with a twist... <laughs> and gracefully crashing to a halt and you see him just landing into a big ass pile of logs and Kyle look like he's having the funnest time everybody else is just like trying to survive exactly just flying out Kyle's just sliding down his belly like woo fuck if I care flying out like whoa and then Josh is still sort of holding on to this canoe mm-hmm. 
and then we cut back to you know back to the back to the bonfire area and so on with Vince pointing up going scrape bruised and a bit shell shocked we had easily the topper of all sled rides that day Audrey kind of almost kind of I guess says like the compliment seems like you boys always create your own high adventures but maybe in a sort of a sarcastic tone too Mm-hmm. And then Cisco with his kind of hands in pockets, smile on faces. That we did. Well, what do you say we call it a night? And then it's kind of got this fading shot as everybody's sort of walking down the hill. Like, no, like the way I had it, it's just like the same as like the intro panel, but just the exact reverse of it all. Just kind of going back to the cars and everything like that. And uh, this is going down. Cisco's asking over. He's like, so Kyle, was it still a good time, even though it wasn't the party size you wanted? I think it all worked out for the best this way. And then Cisco goes to say to Audrey, he's like, Audrey, business proposition, a 24-7 pizza place here. Nope, Audrey cuts in. And Cisco's like, come on, th- that's a great fucking idea. And she's like, not doing it. And I still think you boys were a bunch of bullies. Cisco goes, I think you're really misreading the stories. And then Dougie and, says. Uh, I say, do we, ha- uh, do we have to mention Angry Anthony again? And then... um uh, Vince goes, now that was a bully. And Audrey goes, she doesn't seem too far off from you guys. And Vince goes back, I take that as an insult. And then it kind of just fades on out nicely and goes to end. Mm-hmm. Then you have the uh, afterward closing thoughts right here. And yeah. Yeah, we've, that, that's just there. And then if you go farther, you can see Ryan's variant cover, which is totally awesome. I love that. Oh, one. thanks, man. Yeah. Like Thank you, I appreciate it. Appetite for destruction kind of look and so on. I really want to make well, a t-shirt of that since... one. I'm sorry, what? Sorry, I, I want to make out for a second. I want to make a t-shirt of that one. I think that'd be badass. Oh, I'd be up for that. Yeah, sure, go for it. Um, I was actually, um, originally, I was going for like trying to make it look like Creep Show. Like like the cover to Creep Show and Kyle was going to have like a book open, like Tale of the Pizza of the... Of the uh, um, Pizza Boys. Bonfire or something like that. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Pizza Boys, Tales of the Bonfire or whatever, since this is an anthology episode. But then, like, with a fire coming out, and I was focusing on the fire, that I was like, oh, I don't know. Then I just started playing around with it. Like, what about Appetite for Destruction? I just thought that'd be kind of cool. So, yeah, you know. No, I think that always kind of works, too, because I feel like I always like doing it kind of like the covers. What's sort of like. The, the season one graphic novel has like a Motley Crue kind of vibe. And I'm actually going to go with like sort of a, a somewhat Beatles, like let it be kind of vibe on the second one. Oh, that's cool. So is it going to look like all of them? Oh, you said let it be. I was thinking, um, I was thinking Abbey Road for a second. Yeah, no, no, it's not Abbey. Yeah. I'm going for like, cause I feel like the, then the covers will look like if you lined them up for the graphic novels, I mean, I know they're simpler, but like, I think they, they would kind of look kind of cool, like sitting next to each other. I don't know. I, I even thought about mm-hmm. for even like the third one, like, okay, I could either do gorillas, like the one where they have the side profile could be kind of neat. And, or I was even thinking mm-hmm. like the Van Halen one cover would be kind of cool too. And then they'd all kind of look kind of like in like a similar yet just slightly varied kind of version. But, um, but yeah, there's Pizza Boys issue eight right there. I mean, some people might be like, these guys are just fucking sucking their own dicks right now. <laughs> fucking talking about their tall tales in the comic books. Well, they're not far off, but yeah. But yeah, it just kind of feels like that when you fucking read your own comic book and just go to town on it and talk about how much fun you had and what Kind of try and sell the shit, you know? But yeah, but yeah. Hopefully it's like, if you didn't grab Pizza Boys already, well, maybe this makes you want to kind of jump into it and go to Comic Central and you can get issues one through eight. They're all there, all fun times. It's episodic, so you can jump in anywhere you want. But, um, but yeah, Pizza Boys. Pizza Boys, issue eight. 
So um, I think that was kind of fun to read a comic book. I, I'd like to do that more. It doesn't have to always just be necessarily Pizza Boys or anything of our own. It'd be kind of fun to uh, just do other stuff like that where you read through, narrate, kind of talk along the way with a little bit of audio commentary as well. I don't know. I, I had a good time doing it. Yeah, I think that would be a fun thing to do at some, again at some point. But, um, but yeah, beyond that, go to oldmanorange.com where you can find more comics, more podcasts, more animations, more videos, more music, and all that fun stuff there. Links to all kinds of good stuff. And that, um, I would say, yeah, I was going to like, put in the show notes, we'll have links to stuff. I guess we'll have links to Pizza Voice. So pff, there you go. There you go. It's all right there. But um, till then, I'm Spencer Scott Holmes. And I'm Rand Dunnigan. And we'll see you some other time. Later, folks. Thanks again for listening to the Old Man Orange Podcast. Sure, check out oldmanorange.com for more podcasts, cartoons, music, animation, and a whole lot more. We also have the Old Man Orange blog going with all kinds of fun stuff. If you easily want to support the show, use one of our Amazon links either on the website or in the description of the podcast below. Rate, review, and subscribe to the show either on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, Newgrounds, or anywhere else that you seem to get this podcast from. Grab the sitcom-styled comic book Pizza Boys on either Comic Central, Comixology, or Amazon. Want more podcasts? Check out the Indie Comics Club over at Comic Central. I also got a workout website called Thor's Hidden Gym. Filled with fitness tips and tricks, videos, and a whole lot more fun stuff in the calisthenics world. Talk to us on Twitter, at Spencer S. Holmes and Dunnigan Ryan. Like our Facebook pages of Old Man Orange Productions and Pizza Boys Comic. Thanks again, we're out of here.